Chapter Seven of A Stow Market Mystery or A Legacy of Hate by Lewis Tracy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Chapter Seven, Husband and Wife. Brett did not hurry on his way to the hall. Already things were in a whirl, and the confusion was so great that he was momentarily unable to map out a definite line of action the relations between capella and his wife were evidently strained almost to breaking point and it was this very fact which caused him the greatest perplexity they had been married little more than six months they were an extraordinarily handsome couple apparently well suited to each other by temperament and mutual sympathies whilst their means were ample enough to permit them to live under any conditions they might choose and gratify personal hobbies to the fullest extent what then could have happened to divide them so completely surely not capella's new-born passion for helen leighton not even a hot-blooded southerner could be guilty of such deliberate rascality such ineffable folly during the first few months after his marriage to a beautiful and wealthy wife no this hypothesis must be rejected margaret capella had drifted apart from her husband almost as soon as they reached england on their return as man and wife capella miserable and disillusioned buried alive in a country place for such must existence in beechcroft mean to a man of his inclinations had discovered a startling contrast between his passionate and moody spouse and the bright pleasant-mannered girl whose ill fortune it was to create discord between the inmates of the hall this theory did not wholly exonerate the italian but it explained a good deal the barrister saw no cause as yet to suspect capella of the young baronet's murder were he guilty of that ghastly crime his motive must have been to secure for himself the position he was now deliberately imperilling all for a girl's pretty face the explanation would not suffice brett had seen much that is hidden from public ken in the vagaries of criminals but he had never yet met a man wholly bad and at the same time in full possession of his senses to adopt the hasty judgment arrived at by hume and mrs eastham capella must be deemed capable of murdering his wife's brother of bringing about the death of his wife after securing the reversion of her vast property to himself and of falling in love with helen all in the same breath this species of criminality was only met with in lunatics and capella impressed the barrister as an emotional personage capable of supreme good as of supreme evil but quite sane the question to be solved was this why did capella and his wife quarrel in the first instance perhaps that way light might come he asked the footman if mrs capella would receive him the man glanced at his card yes sir 
he said at once madam gave instructions that if either you or mr david called you were to be taken to her boudoir where she awaits you the room was evidently on the first floor for the servant led him up the magnificent oak staircase that climbed two sides of the reception hall but this was fated to be a day of interruptions the barrister when he reached the landing was confronted by the italian a word with you mr brett was the stiff greeting given to him certainly but i am going to mrs capella's room she can wait she does not know you are here james remain outside until mr brett returns then conduct him to your mistress capella's tone admitted of no argument nor was it necessary to protest brett always liked people to talk in the way they deemed best suited to their own interests without any expostulation therefore he followed his limping host into a luxuriously furnished dressing-room capella closed the door and placed himself gently on a couch does your friend fight he said fixing his dark eyes blazing with anger intently on the other that is a matter on which your opinion would probably be more valuable than mine spare me your wit you know well what i mean will he meet me on the continent and settle our quarrel like a gentleman not like a hired bravo what quarrel mr brett you are not so stupid david hume notwithstanding his past may still be deemed a man of honour in some respects he treated me grossly this morning will he fight me or must i treat him as a cur brett without invitation seated himself he produced a cigarette and lit it adding greatly to capella's irritation by his provoking calmness really he said at last you amuse me silence he cried imperatively when the italian would have broken out into a torrent of expostulations listen to me you vain fool this method of address had the rare merit of achieving its object capella was reduced to a condition of speechless rage you consider yourself the aggrieved person i suppose went on the englishman subsiding into a state of contemptuous placidity you neglect your wife make love to an honourable and pure-minded girl stoop to the use of unworthy taunts and even criminal innuendos lose such control of your passion as to lay sacrilegious hands upon helen leighton and yet you resent the well-merited punishment administered to you by her affianced husband were i a surgeon mr capella i might take an anatomical interest in your brain as it is i regard you as a psychological study in latter-day blackguardism do you understand me perfectly you have not yet answered my question will hume fight i should say that nothing would give him greater pleasure then you will arrange this matter i can send a friend to you 
and if you do i will send the police to you thus possibly anticipating matters somewhat what do you mean i mean that my sole purpose in life just now is to lay hands on the man who killed sir alan hume fraser until that end is achieved i will take good care that your crude ideas of honour are dealt with as they were to-day by the toe of a boot capella was certainly a singular person he listened unmoved to brett's threats and insults he gave that snarling smile of his and toyed impatiently with his moustache your object in life does not concern me your courts tried their best to hang the man who was responsible for his cousin's death and failed i take it you decline this profit duel yes then i will fight david hume in my own way you have rejected the fair alternative on his behalf caramba we shall see now who wins he will never marry helen what did you mean just now when you said that he was responsible for his cousin's death is that an italian way of describing a cold-blooded murder capella leaned back and snarled silently again it was a pity he had cultivated that trick it spoiled an otherwise classically regular set of features james he shouted the footman entered take this gentleman to your mistress i have done with him for the present james said brett the astonished servant led him along a corridor and knocked at a door hidden by a silk curtain mrs capella rose to receive her visitor she was very pale now but quite calm and dignified in manner davy did not come with you she said when brett was seated near to her in an alcove formed by an oriel window no he is with miss leighton ah i am not sorry i prefer to talk with you alone it is perhaps better your cousin is impulsive in some respects though self-contained enough in others it may be so i like him although we have not seen much of each other since we were children i knew him this morning principally on account of his likeness to alan but you are his friend mr brett and i can discuss with you matters i would not care to broach with him he is with helen leighton now you say yes and let me add an explanation those two young people are devoted to each other no power on earth could separate them why do you tell me that because i think you wished to be assured of it you are clever mr brett if you can interpret a criminal's designs as well as you can read a woman's heart you must be a terror to evil-doers a slight colour came into her cheeks the barrister leaned forward his hands clasped and arms resting on his knees i have just seen your husband he said she exhibited no marked signs of emotion but he thought he detected a frightened look in her eyes 
again i ask she exclaimed why do you tell me the reason is obvious you ought to know all that goes on there was a quarrel this morning between him and david hume your husband wished me to arrange a duel i promised him a visit from the police if i heard any more of such nonsense a duel more bloodshed she almost whispered do not have any alarm for either of them they are quite safe i will guarantee so much at any rate but your husband is a somewhat curious person he is prone to strong and sudden hatreds and attachments margaret pressed her hands to her face she could no longer bear the torture of make-believe quiescence oh what shall i do she wailed i am the most miserable woman in england to-day and i might have been the happiest why are you miserable mrs capella asked brett gently i cannot tell you perhaps it is owing to my own folly are you sure that david and helen intend to get married yes then for heaven's sake let the wedding take place let them leave beechcroft and its associations forever that cannot be until hume's character is cleared from the odium attached to it you mean my brother's death but that has been settled by the courts david was declared not guilty surely that will suffice no good purpose can be gained by reopening an inquiry closed by the law i think you are a little unjust to your cousin in this matter mrs capella he and his future wife feel very grievously the slur cast upon his name you know perfectly well that if half the people in this country were asked who killed sir alan hume fraser they would say david hume the other half would shake their heads in dubiety and prefer not to be on visiting terms with david hume and his wife no your brother was killed in a particularly foul way he died needlessly so far as we can learn his death should be avenged and this can only be done by tracking his murderer and ruthlessly bringing the wretch to justice are not these your own sentiments when divested of all conflicting desires brett's concluding sentence seemed to petrify his hearer in what way can i help you she murmured and the words appeared to come from a heart of stone there are many items i want cleared up but i do not wish to distress you unduly can you not refer me to your solicitors for instance i imagine they will be able to answer all my queries no i prefer to deal with the affair myself very well i will commence with you personally why did you quarrel with your brother in london a few days before his death because i was living extravagantly not only that but he disapproved of my manner of life in those days i was headstrong and wilful i loved a bohemian existence combined with absurd luxury or rather a wildly useless expenditure of money 
no one who knows me now could picture me then yet now i am good and unhappy then i was wicked in some people's eyes and happy strange is it not not altogether so unusual as you may think was any other person interested in what i may term the result of the dispute between your brother and yourself that is a difficult question to answer i was very careless in money matters but it is clear that the curtailment of my rate of living from fifteen thousand to five thousand pounds per annum must make considerable difference to all connected with me had you been living at the former rate yes since my father's death what annoyed Allen was the fact that i had borrowed from money-lenders who else knew of your disagreement with him beside these money-lenders and his solicitors all my friends i used to laugh at his serious ways when i older and much more experienced in some respects treated life as a tiresome joke but none of my friends were commissioned to murder my brother so that i might obtain the estate mr brett not by you he said thoughtfully he knew well that to endeavour to get margaret to implicate her husband would merely render her an active opponent she loved this italian scamp she was profoundly thankful that david hume had come back to claim the hand of helen leighton the woman who had been the unwilling object of capella's wayward affections she would be only too glad to give half her property to the young couple if they would settle in new zealand or peru far from beechcroft yet it was impossible to believe that she could love a man whom she suspected of murdering her brother why then had husband and wife drifted apart assuredly the pieces of the puzzle were inextricably mixed where did you marry mr capella asked brett suddenly at naples a civil ceremony before the mayor and registered by the british consul had you been long acquainted i met him oddly enough in convent garden theatre the night my brother was killed it was now brett's turn to be startled are you quite certain of this he asked his surprise at the turn taken by the conversation almost throwing him off his guard positive were you led to believe that giovanni was the murderer her voice was cold impassive marvellously under control it warned him threw him back into the safe role of hume's adviser and friend i am led to believe nothing at present he said slowly this inquiry is as yet only twenty-four hours old so far as i am concerned i am seeking information when i am gorged with facts i proceed to digest them well what i tell you is true there are no less than ten people all living i have no doubt who can testify to its correctness i had a box at the fancy dress ball that new year's eve i invited nine guests 
one of them an attache at the italian embassy brought giovanni and introduced him to me we were together from midnight until four thirty a m whilst poor allen was lying here dead i was revelling at a bal masque do you think i am likely to forget the circumstances the icy tones thrilled with pitiful remembrance but the barrister's task required the unsparing use of the probe he determined once and for all to end an unpleasant scene will you tell me why you and your husband have shall we say disagreed so soon after your marriage you were formed by providence and nature to be mated what has driven you apart the woman flushed scarlet under this direct inquiry i cannot tell you she said brokenly but the cause in no way concerns either my brother's death or david's innocence it is personal between giovanni and myself in god's good time it may be put right brett singularly enough was a man of quick impulse he was moved now by a profound pity for the woman who thus bared her heart to him thank you for your candour mrs capella he exclaimed with a fervour that evidently touched her may i ask one more question and i have done with a most unpleasant ordeal do you suspect any person of being your brother's assassin no she said indeed i do not End of chapter seven